Alright, so the truth is, no dude wants to be called Pam. But the truth is, most men have a Pam problem. The Pam problem, guys. You know what that is? It's the passive-aggressive man. Passive with his hopes, dreams, desires. Maybe aggressive with vices, self-sabotage, distractions. They also struggle with women, work, and the world of men. Pam is passive with women, constantly friend-zoned. He's the nice guy that women keep around to help them move, check on their dogs, but never want to date. Pam is passed up at work, passed up for the promotion, and can't seem to catch a break. If you think you may have a Pam problem, or maybe you know someone that does, check out the High Value Man Conversation on Apple and Spotify and learn how to stop Pam and become a high value man. Learn more about the host, Aaron Alejandrino, on Instagram at TheFitBeard, all one word. But the podcast is called High Value Man Conversation. I checked it out on Apple Podcasts. It already has a five-star review. It's got some great episodes, including how to avoid that dreaded friend zone. Those of you guys out there, I'm very familiar with that friend zone over the years. I was lucky enough to finally get out of it, but that is going to be an excellent episode for the, you guys out there that are stuck in that situation. You can also learn how to just make friends. I mean, just basic stuff, but critical, critical stuff as well. Check out the High Value Man Conversation. It's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You're not going to want to miss it. It'll add value to your life, guaranteed. Check it out today. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. Welcome to the WWE Podcast, everyone. It's the mailbag version of the show. And, you know, listening to that intro, I've had that jingle for quite a while now. Like, it seems like a couple of years. Eh, a little over a year, actually. But, I don't know, I'm thinking about refreshing that. It's a nice intro, but, you know, after hearing it so many darn times, I don't know. Maybe I'll switch up to jingle soon. Anyway, hope everyone is doing well, and we are going to get to a record-settingly small mailbag. And I am very appreciative to everyone who contributes, but some nights I'm so exhausted that it does not exactly make me sad when I don't see a ton of voicemails and messages. I love wrestling, guys, but you know what I love more? Sleep and sanity, okay? But uh, that is uh, that, that being said, if you guys want to contribute... And you want to be a part of the mailbag, that's always possible for you in the description of this show. There's some notes on phone numbers and emails that you can use to uh, to be a part of it. Okay, let's just dive in to the Patreon side of things. And we only have one. That's right. One email from patrons this week. It's insane. You guys must all be on vacation or you all are just boycotting the show secretly. But we get Grim Reefer who says, hey, WWE podcast, Grim here. Not much to complain about at the minute. I think the way Dexter Loomis is being brought back is fantastic. I hope he gets a good push. I'm not that bothered about Hit Row. Don't see the benefit of bringing them back. Uh, well, so you're kind of, so you're neutral about Hit Row. Well, even if you're neutral about them, I think you'd, if you're a fan of tag team wrestling, you should lean positive. 
that that uh, you know tag team wrestling is making a bit of a comeback on both the men's and women's side. And Hit Row adds to the depth that is always so desperately needed. The tag team division has been ignored and forgotten and shoved aside and shunned and uh, blackballed for so long that anytime you add a new tag team, it's a good thing. Plus, you have to remember, I think the Street Profits are on the way to Splitsville and Hit Row possibly fills that gap. So on a side topic, I'm currently watching a really high budget Oscar uh, winning film called Three Headed Shark and Rob Van Dam has just turned up with an axe to save the day. So far, he's just put all the girls in bikinis in a spare boat and sailed away. (laughs) It got me wondering, what is your yours and the listeners favorite TV film or film appearance from a wrestler for TV? Mine is Edge playing. K, uh, K Jettle Flatnose and Vikings. Maybe I did. Maybe you spelled it wrong or I pronounced it wrong. But apparently Edge played a role in Flatnose, uh, played an Edge, played something in Vikings. Okay. Uh, but for film, it has to be Big Show as Captain Insano in Waterboy. Cheers for now. Well, you know, I have a couple. And. I would have never said this up until recently, but watching a documentary on Andre the Giant just a couple of weeks, uh, months ago, I really have a new respect for Andre the Giant, and he just came before I started watching wrestling, at least my generation, okay? He, he wrestled in the really in the 70s, 80s, uh, even in the 60s, and I didn't really get a chance to watch him live. Now, in the 80s, he was at the end of his career, but he also starred in a movie called Princess Bride, and that to me was one of the more impactful ones. Now looking back, of course, you go more modern, and you have The Rock, and I remember very vividly for for movies, The Rock in the Rundown. It was one of his first more main roles, and he ended up giving somebody a rock bottom in the movie, and then give like there was a quick wink for like a people's eyebrow. Kind of a wink and a nod to wrestling fans who helped get him there uh, in the rundown. And then also, um, what was the movie where The Rock, early, early on, not the uh, not the Mummy mum, uh, mummy movie where he was like CGI half the movie, not The Mummy's uh, Return or whatever, but uh, he played a, a sheriff. What is that movie? Walking Tall. He played a, a sheriff and he was... Uh, you just he was basically the law. I mean, he was the definition of the law, and he played it so well. And I think it helped him, you know, of, of course, get more movie roles and just keep rolling. And he played the sheriff so well. And I remember him going up to the villain of the movie, pulling him over for some kind of traffic infraction. And he said, "You got to get your tail light fixed." And the guy's like, "What do you mean my tail light? What's wrong with my tail light?" And then The Rock took a two by four, which is apparently what you know sheriffs carry around as a two by four. It's just their weapon of choice, apparently. Uh, and he smashes the the the, the rear uh, light on the car, and then he says it's out or it's broken or something. I remember that making me laugh. Um, other things, I mean, the Marine actually with John Cena, I enjoyed the Marine. I no, I didn't watch any of the other, you know, eighteen hundred of them with uh, with the Miz, but I enjoyed the one with John Cena, the first one, 
and having the guy who played the the Terminator, not Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger, but um, in Terminator Two, he was the kind of that liquid Terminator that couldn't be destroyed in the uh, early '90s. It was Terminator Two, and I remember in that movie uh, where they tried to kill John Cena, and John Cena was just like impossible to to uh, to kill or whatever. Like they just couldn't get rid of him. And somebody made a reference to, oh my God, is this guy the Terminator? And then they pan to the guy who played the evil Terminator and just, he gave this look in the rearview mirror. And it, that was just kind of a cool kind of uh, meta moment. I I enjoyed that. Um, as far as like TV goes, I mean, The Rock and Triple H on SNL ring, you know, is, is one that stands out. Um trying to think of any others that's a good question because it's wrestling related but it also is challenging because i only look at wrestling in like terms of you know, actually their shows raw smackdown live events that kind of thing good question grim and i would i would really pose that question to everybody what are your some of your tv or film appearances from a wrestler whether they starred or cameoed whatever um oh also as I'm thinking about it, Hulk Hogan was in a movie. Wasn't he like a babysitter or something? I'm trying to think of that. He, he played like a nanny. Nanny. Nanny's in the the, the the title of the movie. I forget the name of it. Some of you are screaming it out there. Nanny something. Um, but Hulk Hogan was a nanny. Um, yeah, I'm sure some of them will come more and more to me. That's a fun question. Thanks, Grim. Uh, all right. Let's see. P.S. Which site, or or do you have the link to the bad reviews? I love reading. I love reading bad reviews. I was in a punk band for four or five years ago called the Papa Shangos, and we only use use the bad reviews as part of promoting our gigs, and it worked out all right. <laughs> so you use the ones that kill you guys to promote your band. How does that work? I'd love to. I mean, like maybe it's because people. I think a lot of times people don't want to hear bad reviews. And at first, when I remember when I first started podcasting, I didn't like, you only want praise. I just kind of a, 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 an innate human behavior, I guess, where you just only want to hear good things you're doing. You don't want to hear, even if it's constructive criticism, it's still not fun. Right. But as you go on, you just don't care, you know? And actually the, the things that people complain about, I'm going to end up doing more of so people don't understand. I, you know, if someone says I complain too much or I criticize too much or stop watching if you don't like the product, now you're going to hear more criticism, right? Like, don't tell me something you don't like because guess what I'm going to do? All right. But uh, as far as where you can read the bad reviews, I mean, just go to uh, go to my podcast on Apple, just search the WWE podcast. And if you scroll all the way down, you can where it says like, oh, you can leave a review or whatever, how many stars, and you can actually write up something. You'll see everyone else's reviews down there, and you'll see how many stars they gave me and all that, like that kind of stuff. And I've definitely have a lot of five star. I think I'm like a four point one out of five stars on Apple Podcasts. But lately, people have just not liked the show, <laughs> and I don't care. <laughs> like I care, but I don't. I mean, the people that take the time to uh, to trash the show is. I really don't care. They think it's going to make an impact and it won't. But that's how you that's how you actually uh, take a look at the bad reviews. 
All right. Thank you, Grim. And what else do we have? God, that that unbelievably is it when it comes to patrons, I believe. But I know I have I have a couple more emails. And let's see here. Aha. I do have more patrons, but they they did a different method. So Rocky T. And he says he's down from H town. <laughs> First, all about the new camera angles. I love the angles. I love the placement of the wrestlers backstage, even though they are small tweaks. It makes a big difference. The video package for the AJ Lashley match was awesome and can't say enough about how the U.S. title is being spotlighted. If we're up to me, the U.S. title would be defended in every state the company travels to throughout the year. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, but I, I mean, I couldn't agree more as well with the U.S. title. Now about the women's tag tournament. I believe the finals will be EO and Dakota versus Raquel and Aaliyah. If you didn't watch NXT, then you wouldn't know that Raquel and Dakota used to be a team and a pretty good one considering they won the inaugural women's tag team Dusty Rhodes Classic. I didn't know that. Thank you. So playing off their history, seeing them face off in the finals for the tag team title would be a nice touch. It would be, but here's the problem with that. About 25% of the audience that watches the main roster shows Raw and SmackDown watch NXT. Therefore, it would only appeal to a fraction of that audience where they'd go, oh, cool. You know, now it's not, I'm not wouldn't put it past Triple H, and I think that is a nice idea, but it doesn't appeal to the mass audience. You know, of course, the announcers could educate everybody, you know, let them know, or there could be video packages done. But if they don't do anything and they just assume that people might know, or they're only doing it for a fraction of the audience, then you know they're kind of missing the boat because a small portion of the audience would understand that. But yeah. Okay, and you're right. I don't know or even think I wanted to see KO versus Drew. As soon as I heard KO's music hit to interrupt Drew, I freaking popped out of my chair. Then hearing him speak from the heart the way he did was great. Naturally, I gravitate towards heels. So when Owens declared to bring back the prize fighter, I popped up again in excitement knowing that we'll be seeing more of KO on our TVs and his announcement. Notice how I didn't say statement. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, you get the, the, the I guess, Rocky, you know what? You're going to get the gold star of the day. I'll mail it to you. You can keep it on your fridge, right? So all the kids can see. It'll be like when you got an A on the uh, homework assignment and your parents put it up on the fridge. That's what I'm going to give you. Um, so, uh, oh, you said that all... Oh, oh, okay. Let me reread that sentence. So you popped out in excitement when you heard the prize fighter, knowing he'll be you'll be seeing more of KO. That all uh, notice how you didn't say statement, and that all championships are on his radar gets me excited for the matchups he could have with the champs of today, like Bobby Gunther. And the notion that him and Sammy are teaming up would be a formidable tag team to go after the Usos. Yes, I think t- uh, Sammy and Kevin back together would be fun. Now. The, the downside of that is Kevin is also a, a world champion anytime that they want to make him one. And I think he, you'll actually see Kevin Owens world champion with Triple H in charge and, and Sami Zayn too. But teaming them up would be so much fun. I mean, like right now, Kevin Owens has to be ecstatic, ecstatic that Vince is gone. Last thing is another challenge to everyone. A while back, my challenge was to name a better team composed of wrestlers from your home state but Texas undoubtedly has the best of the best and shout out to Anthony D for giving me a shout out about this topic a while back. 
My new challenge is to name the best matches that took place in your home state, whether it be from Raw, SmackDown, a pay-per-view, or PLE. First, my list from Houston, Texas. Oh, this is just not fair. Okay. (laughs) You arguably have the greatest match of all time. Okay, this is this automatically disqualifies everybody, but let's read it. Number one, Austin versus Rock at WrestleMania 17. I mean, just let's stop there. Okay, let's just end it there because for, for so many people, that is regarded as not just one of the best WrestleManias of all time, one of the best WrestleMania main events on a WrestleMania of all time. So it's like the best of the best of the best pay-per-view. It's like, it, it, this isn't fair. This is not fair, Rocky. Uh and then you then you follow it up with HBK Taker. Do I, should I even bother competing in this? Should I even bother contributing? That to me is one of the best, if not the best, WrestleMania match of all time, at least in my lifetime, is HBK Taker at WrestleMania 25. I constantly reference it. Constantly, because it is one of the best told stories and one of the best, most smooth, and just, I, I, I don't know how to explain it. It was just pure magic with hbk taker at wrestlemania 25 and you said you were in attendance for both of those well i think you can now die a happy man my man i mean that's all you need that's all you need to die happy is to be in attendance for those two matches in your life and then you could just instantly get struck by lightning and have a happy life and then in your obituary people like what did he do with his life and you can have your family right in he attended austin rock at wrestlemania 17 and hbk taker at wrestlemania 25 and I, I think people will look at that in awe and say, well, he led a fulfilled and happy life. I mean, that's all you need. <laughs> so, uh, I, so you, okay, uh, I have my tickets laminated and the newspaper article about the HBK Taker match framed, deservedly so. I look forward to hearing next week what matches took place in your home state or country. Bye for now from Houston. Well, okay, off the top of my head, buddy. Uh, we ha- Okay, now... I, sh- I guess I'm copping out here because the best moment that took place actually was rated the best moment of the Attitude Era that took place in Albany, New York, when Austin drove the beer truck into the arena. And he also that night not only did that in the voted as the best moment of the Attitude Era, but also we had him face Paul White that night for the very first time, not yet known as the Big Show. Stunned him a couple of times, hit him with a chair. I mean, sadly, I was not in attendance. I regret that every day of my life. So that took place. Ric Flair winning the Royal Rumble in 1992 also took place in Albany, New York. Um, I mean, I guess if you include New York City, I mean, that's a whole nother thing, right? New York City. How many great matches in New York City? In Madison Square Garden. So, I mean, I there are some certainly some great ones, some excellent ones that took place in New York city. I mean, I could even go back all the way to Bruno San Martino who ran the Northeast wrestling um, territory for years and years. He was champion for years, like many years. I mean, so I'd have to come up with a list, but Madison square garden moments and matches would rival yours. But when you take the best two matches of all time at WrestleMania in our lifetimes and you have them on your list, I mean, that's kind of game over, right? All right. Thanks, buddy. Let's uh, continue. But I encourage everybody, 
in the Discord chat, wherever. Talk about it. I really love to uh, hear from everybody about what their their actual uh, matches in your state were. Okay. Uh, we have one more email, but before we do that, I want to pause for a, a bit for the sponsor of tonight's episode, and then we will be right back. All right. So the truth is no dude wants to be called Pam, but the truth is most men have a Pam problem. The Pam problem, guys, you know what that is? It's the passive aggressive man, passive with his hopes, dreams, desires, maybe aggressive with vices, self-sabotage, distractions. They also struggle with women, work, and the world of men. Pam is passive with women, constantly friend-zoned. He's the nice guy that women keep around to help them move, check on their dogs, but never want to date. Pam is passed up at work, passed up for the promotion, and can't seem to catch a break. If you think you may have a Pam problem, or maybe you know someone that does, check out the High Value Man Conversation on Apple and Spotify and learn how to stop Pam and become a high value man. Learn more about the host, Aaron Alejandrino, on Instagram at TheFitBeard, all one word. But the podcast is called High Value Man Conversation. I checked it out on Apple Podcasts. It already has a five-star review. It's got some great episodes, including how to avoid that dreaded friend zone. Those of you guys out there, I'm very familiar with that friend zone over the years. I was lucky enough to finally get out of it, but that is going to be an excellent episode for you guys out there that are stuck in that situation. You can also learn how to just make friends. I mean, just basic stuff, but critical, critical stuff as well. Check out the High Value Man Conversation. It's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You're not going to want to miss it. It'll add value to your life, guaranteed. Check it out today. Tune in to Let Me Book the Territory. It's a new wrestling podcast where Smart Marks, A-Dub, E-Ray, B-A, and J-Mo review the week's top stories and storylines in wrestling and attempt to book out the championship feuds and storylines better than anyone else. New episodes are available every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Again, guys, it's called Let Me Book the Territory. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. All right, let's move on. Another email here and then right into voicemails. I told you quick, quick, quick night. Okay, this one is from, let's see, Mr. Whisper in the Wind, Ian. Let's see what you've got to say. Hey, man, it's been a while. My son, Wyatt, was finally born. And by the way, guys, he has joined me on a couple of podcasts. And uh, I think it was really a lot of fun. I know it was a lot of fun. I'd encourage you to check those out. It was from uh, a month or so ago. But uh, he said his son, Wyatt, was finally born on August 5th. Well, congratulations. Welcome to Sleepless transformational uh, a very transformational time in your life but sleepless nights and just the best time and the hardest time that's all i've got to say i'm not telling you anything you haven't heard all the the stereotypical stuff but the thing is with having a kid and i'll get to the rest of you in a second is that no one can really tell you what it really is until you do it you know you hear from people that are tired you hear from people that you know just all of a sudden they have kids and they just just disappear off the face of the earth and now once you have a kid you'll understand why you can also get out of anything anytime at all if you don't want to go to some 
party or you don't want to go to a gathering. Oh, I've got my kid, my kid's sick, my kid, my kid, my kid, I got my nap time. You've now got a built-in excuse for several years to come. So uh, not that I'm saying to uh, exploit your child, but hey, you know, why not use it? If you don't want to join something, do something, it's the ultimate excuse that nobody, nobody can question. What are they going to say? Ah, you're, ah, who cares about your kid? Come anyway. Of course not. Unless you're a narcissistic psychopath. But that's really the greatest part, too. One of the great, good parts. One of the perks, I should say. Of course, there's deeper meaning to having being a kid or or taking care of a child and having a child other than just using them to get out of things you don't want to go to. But okay, so let's get back to your email. Uh, This Wyatt has come to the earth a little, come to the earth while we hope the other Wyatt, Bray, comes back. I hope we can see Drew take over as champion as that was an amazing promo with with him and Kevin. It's about time Kevin becomes some form of a champion. <clears throat> he couldn't have signed that three-year deal only to wrestle. Uh, I'm gonna uh, only to wrestle Stone Cold Steve Austin again. I love your input on the Rhea take. It wasn't too long ago when Nia Jax took a six-one-nine at the Royal Rumble, and an RKO. If people remember that, and Alexa Bliss took an RKO. But I just I don't know. I, I ranted about this on the. Uh, uh, on the one-hour show I recorded for Saturday on the DuPont Network, go sign up. But it just makes no sense that just because you're a woman, you have this invisible shield that, and and also this insanely uh, unfair privilege that you can just attack any male and they can't retaliate because you're a female. How exactly does that work? What law is in place for that? And I, I understand that some people are going to say that oh, it's the patriarchy. You're a male chauvinist. I don't give a damn. Like, first of all, if you think that if that's what you take from this, and I'm not talking to you, buddy. I'm talking to just the general public that just has these these narratives in their head that they'll fit anything into uh, that you know, spell men are evil, uh, this and that. Okay. I'm not getting into politics at all, but I just want to say regarding specifically this male on female issue and the females can you know do anything to the men, but the men can't do anything back is just BS. Honestly, it's it just whether it's in real life or in pro wrestling, you should be able to ha- you should have the right to defend yourself. I'm not saying that men should just, of course not, just start you know using their superior physical strength. And, you know, abusing women, of course not. Of course not. No, not even in the fantasy environment do I want to see men just blatantly or just randomly start beating up women, even in pro wrestling. I don't want to see that. But what I do want to see is just some self-respect, you know, just and also WWE to grow a set. Why do the women and they've had this this privilege in WWE for really the last 14 years and since the PG era was birthed of that. Uh, well, the, the women attack, you, you're going to have to take, you know, kicks to the nuts. You're going to have to take slaps and pushes and DDTs onto steel chairs as Rhea did to, to Ray on raw. And you can't retaliate. You just have to hope they don't do any permanent damage. You just have to sit there and curl into the fetal position and take it. That's such crap. That's such garbage. Anybody who wants to debate me on that. I'd love to talk to you. Okay, 
It's interesting to see Bailey's faction as Rhea look to be taking over the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca. What are your thoughts for Ronda going forward? I see Liv turning heel like Alexa Bliss was champion. Easier creatively at her size. Do you see... Okay, well, let me ask, answer your first question first. I, I hope they don't turn Liv. But the crowd lately hasn't been exactly warm to her, and it's kind of creative's fault. The way that they've booked her hasn't exactly been super credible. They've made her look like a fluke champion who takes advantage at the most opportune time and then gets a fluke defense victory. And it's not that she's cheating to win and she's trying to come off likable and she genuinely genuinely is, I think. But Ronda's getting cheered now. Uh, I, I, how I would book it is keep Ronda a heel. I thought they turned her. Ronda has yet to turn heel. There's much more fun to be had with Ronda as a heel than her as this insufferable baby face with her weird little tics and her just inability to cut a confident promo. And maybe for whatever reason, she just can't also speak up. You notice like the first two sentences of whatever she says, you have to like, I don't know, like hope for subtitles. And she always has this like sideways smirk when she pauses it's just this this nervous tick or just the way she is. I don't know. Just everything about the babyface Ronda Rousey makes me want to jump off a bridge. I mean, it's to me, it's it's so disingenuine and she's cringy at times. A hell of an athlete. Can't take away her accomplishments. That's not what's at uh what what's at uh what what the whole point of this is of me ranting about her. Just that her babyface character feels disingenuine. And she's got some annoying ticks about her that have been there since day one that no one apparently has got the balls to tell her. But I would keep Liv as a baby face. Make her more credible. Have her cut a fiery promo. Create a, uh, a, a backstory about Liv. Get, let people get to know Liv more than just she's this little fiery underdog. What about her history? Show me her family. What does wrestling mean to her? What does being champion mean to her? What does she want to do moving forward? Uh, that kind of thing. You want to build live as a baby face, create emotion, sympathetic emotion, relatable emotion. You want Rhonda to turn heel, have her be herself. I mean, that's it. Uh, do you see Becky making a return or push near the rumble? Like she did back in 2019. Hope all's well fellow dad. Yeah. Uh, so it also, uh, well, first let me answer your question. Becky is probably, I, I would imagine, coming back rumble time. Uh, I, I would think that she's targeting that. If I were her, I would target that because it's the official start to WrestleMania season. And at the conference, the the, uh, the press conference for the LA WrestleMania 39, uh, the, the, the event they did to kick off WrestleMania going on sale and all that, Becky did speak like she was going. She didn't speak on behalf of the company. She spoke specifically about herself. So she's definitely going to be at WrestleMania 39. And I would imagine that she has time to build something to that to that match or matches that she's going to have at the the uh, the event. So Rumble, I think, is what she's targeting. That's my best guess. Oh, as far as fellow dad, the one thing you have to get used to, which is weird, it is uh, Father's Day, because for your entire existence. 
Father's Day has meant nothing to you specifically other than to celebrate your own father, right? And when people start saying Happy Father's Day to you, it gets weird because you feel like for the even it takes a few years before you you get used to it because at first you feel like a fraud. You feel like an imposter. You feel like people still shouldn't be doing that. You, you feel like, yeah, yeah, like I guess I'm a dad, but like it still feels weird. I don't know. It, you'll see what I mean. Come Father's Day in June next year, you're gonna you're gonna say, oh, this is cool. It's Father's Day. I can celebrate it. But it, when people say it to you, you feel like like you're an imposter. It's <laughs> it's a funny feeling. Um, okay, so I think that does it for the emails, everyone. Crazy enough. So let's get to those voicemails right now. Hey, it's Kyle from Baltimore. So I wanted to talk about this whole Liv Morgan championship run throughout it's been a month now since her being champion and has it really all been has hasn't all, all that been great. This is this wasn't it's not good. This is the bottom line to it. Um now I think I know why the reason it hasn't hasn't been a successful title run, mainly because the way she the the way she won the first just the way she won it what happened at SummerSlam, and also too, she doesn't have a, a good enough character. I think, I think to Becky, Bianca, Alexa, Rollins, all these people who have characters. You know, Seth Rollins was the burning to get down guy, about the, about the, uh, whatever it's called. I forget now. Um, Becky is the man. Alexa is the goddess. There's kind of there's Roman Reigns is the tribal chief. There's just stuff associated with these people as characters where there's these catchphrases that they are, that they label themselves as Liv Morgan, who, who is she? Shayna Baszler, the, the, the queen of spades, you know? So stuff like that. And it's like Liv has never had a type, has it have a main enough character. Because I'm not where I'm going, going with this, but that's just my main point. I don't know where, she's, where it's going to lead to. If she loses the championship, I'll be like, ugh. Fine, but that's a fortunate. Um, but I guess rather than saying this, but the question is, is that who will be the baby face and heel between Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey? Because I'm having it on Friday, was very interesting. So I'll give my two questions is, is that, but uh, that's it. Just for a call. Bye. Kyle, buddy, what's up? So as far as Liv Morgan goes, yeah, the way she won it was a bit. You know, it wasn't the most credible. However, the argument against it is, well, you know, um, <laughs> that's how you should cash in money in the bank. Now, we've had baby faces in the past like John Cena not do it that way and just call their shot ahead of time and say, I'm cashing this in. I don't know. I'm giving you a weeks or two weeks or three weeks notice. Be ready on this date. And they ended up losing. And so you could have a babyface do it that way, but then wouldn't you? Then you'd have people argue, "Well, that's so stupid. Why? Why does a babyface so dumb to do that? Then why wouldn't they do it when the heel champion is at their weakest?" It's kind of a no-win situation for a babyface to win Money in the Bank. It really is. You know, it's it's a match designed for heels to win because there's so much advantage. I mean, you talk about a scenario that you could create where a heel would be just able to shine and gain uh, gain more heat. And that would be getting somebody when they're down, when they're at their weakest. Not a baby face. A baby face shouldn't do that. Even though it's playing within the rules, it still feels icky, doesn't it? 
And I think that having Liv, I think they missed the boat. When Liv tried to cash in, and she did cash in successfully against Ronda, I think they should have had Ronda win right there, retain her championship, and then the fans would have booed the holy hell out of Ronda. Liv would still be struggling. She'd still be on the up and uprise. People would be behind Liv. I think they missed the boat, and that's not Monday morning quarterbacking. I've I said it in the moment. I said it, you know, when it happened before you know all of this happened, where Liv was getting a, a bit of a negative reaction from fans. So there's, there's a little bit going on with Liv, and if she doesn't have an identity, if if that's what your question is, you know, she she doesn't have a a catchphrase or rather a. Uh, some kind of marketing name, like you said, the Queen of Spades or the the print the the Empress of Tomorrow, which is just I, somebody explain to me what the Empress of Tomorrow is. I know it's Oscar, but like, what exactly is that? What 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 is the Empress of Tomorrow? How has nobody said to Oscar, "Hey, uh, you're the Empress of Tomorrow"? You know why that doesn't scare me? Because tomorrow never comes. It's always today. Yeah, it's it's, it's right there. It's low hanging fruit. For the love of God, somebody say it. Um, and, and so I, I don't think that that's necessarily her problem right now is coming up with some cute little marketing name and they always try to come up with it quickly. Like Omos quickly became the Nigerian giant. Like somebody always has to have some cute little name. They can't ever just be somebody. Right. And I understand that from a marketing perspective, but I don't think that's her main problem. Her main problem right now is credibility from fans, the way she won it and the way she retained it aren't the most credible. I just gave you a solution uh, earlier of how to start to rectify that because you're teetering on the fans, totally turning on live. And I don't want that. And I don't want Rhonda Babyface for the love of God. So um, as far as your second question goes with Shayna and Ronda Rousey, that's a fun match to think about. Who's the babyface? Who's the heel? Um, I, I, I really believe that it would be probably Ronda Rousey as the babyface in that, because Shayna Baszler just as a heel or as a babyface just doesn't work. I mean, it just doesn't work. Shayna Baszler as a heel is the only thing you can do right. I mean, like I guess there's some version of her that would work as a babyface, but she's she's just got the look, the feel, the tone, the wrestling style of a heel. So that said. Let's get to our next voicemail. Hey, man, it's Justin from Maryland. I a couple of thoughts that uh, I want to discuss. <clears throat> so first is uh, Lassie's title run. I'm definitely uh, enjoying it. He's putting on some good matches with some good talent. Um, last week, I was trying to ask you before uh, the time run out, but who do you think is going to take the title off Lassie? Do you think, well, for one, Survivor Series is coming up, so I'm thinking he's probably going to hold the title until after then because they want Lassie against Gunther, but who do you think he could drop the belt to? I think it can only be either Kevin Owens or Ciampa right now because it has to be a hill for one, and I don't really see anyone else uh, who deserves it, not Omar. Uh, I don't want to see him and Lassie again. Uh, when Veer came out, I was thinking him and maybe Lassie have a program, but Veer doesn't need the title, nor does he 
deserves a title run now anyway. So, um, yeah, I was just wondering, who do you think is going to take the title off Lashley? Next, the Usos. I'm not sure who their who their next challengers would be. I feel like the only logical uh, next challengers would be Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, but I'm not sure exactly when and how they'll get to that story unless the Usos beat down Sami Zayn and then Kevin Owens comes out. But Kev, but I want to see Kevin Owens with a single title run. I don't. I mean. It'll be fun seeing him and Sammy as tag champions, but I think I want to see Kevin Owens with a U.S. title run, even a WWE championship run, because he mentioned how he hasn't been a champion in uh and and years. So yeah, uh, who do you think the Usos will face next? Next is Gunther. I'm definitely enjoying the title run as well. Um, I'm not sure who he could face next. I saw something about maybe Sheamus could be turning face and going against him, I feel like that would be a good match. Um, but I just don't see him or Lashley losing the belts anytime soon because I think that they want them to face off at Survivor Series. But I think uh, definitely Samuels would probably be a good program if he turns uh, uh, face. Maybe Matt Moss steps up. But, um, yeah, I don't I don't see him dropping the belt. Um Finally, Roman and Drew. Um, I'm really still torn on the main on uh, who I want to win. I feel like I, I I want Drew to win, but I want him to win one of the belts. So, and then you still got Theory out there. So I don't know what's gonna. All right, Justin. Well, uh, some good points there. Some good questions. Let's go through it. Who do I think's going to challenge Lashley, or who who rather? Who could beat Lashley? Who is a likely candidate? I think you and I are on the same page when it comes to length of his run. I think he's got several more months. And as you mentioned, Lashley <coughs> excuse me, versus Gunther at Survivor Series is the match that they want. It's a fun matchup. It's an exhibition matchup. But that means that any challenges between now and then are just placeholders. So who could be the one beyond that that could win? Well, I think it's going to also be dependent on the draft and if they actually adhere to the rules of that said draft. So if there's a draft and they actually adhere to the rules, I think while Karrion Cross made his debut and you know sent a symbolic message to Roman that your time is ticking, I don't know if he'll actually be the one to beat Roman or take a belt off of him. So I think... Post-Survivor Series, you could see if Karrion Cross and Bobby Lashley are on the same roster, there's a potential matchup. Karrion Cross as United States champion post-draft is a very strong possibility. Bobby could stay on Raw. He could bring Karrion over to Raw. As far as who are the next opponents for Usos, I'd say hit row. I know Sammy and Kevin are on the on the radar it's weird. For Sammy, it would be an upgrade. For Kevin Owens, it would feel like a demotion. Just because of we all we all know what Kevin Owens is capable of and where he should be versus what Vince actually did with him. And the stat that he brought up on Raw, he said it's been five years since he held a singles championship. That's insane. That's criminal. And so I don't... Th- I wouldn't want them... I wouldn't hate it. I, I mean, him as... Tag Team Champions with Sammy would be entertaining as hell. The promos, the backstage segments. I mean, that's a 
that's a sitcom in and of itself. But I think Hit Row is probably next. Third, Seamus versus Gunther. Yes, give it to me. I, I mean, I, I really want to see Gunther with some fresh, some fresh opponent. I mean, sure, you have Shinsuke. I mean, I guess you could continue that, but honestly, it's very clear with the with Gunther winning clean that that's probably over. Sheamus going babyface, sure. Uh, Sheamus is is one that can bounce back and forth. He's better as a heel, but he can do babyface. So let's do that. I'm with you. Thanks, buddy. And let's get to our final voicemail for the night. Hey, Matt. It's Permafire, Kyle. I'm whispering because um, it's nighttime. I'm in my house sleeping. So first off, I'm going to answer Rocky T's question that he uh, he he shouted, he shouted the whole podcast last week about what's your current three favorite signatures. Same lines probably third being the least favorite is the Superman Punch. I'm sorry. I think it's cool. I know it's still still dumb and that's still named that. So we're on heel now, but that's my third. Second Superman Buster. First is probably Phenomenal Four. I'm being my favorite. I don't know. I just love those are my main three I like the most. Second, Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens, their promo on Raw this week. Wow. Best promo of the year. Um, honestly, I do think Drew's going to be the moment. I think what could happen is maybe Drew somehow, Drew wins, Drew wins the Undisputed Championship, wins both titles, and maybe Kevin Owens challenges him for just the WWE titles he's on Raw. And I think what could happen is Kevin Owens wins that title if this feud is continuing with Drew and him. And then Drew's WWE champion on Raw, Drew McIntyre, is on SmackDown. Uh, he's Universal Champion on SmackDown. And maybe they can fight again Survivor Series if he's doing the Raw vs. SmackDown thing. But I don't know. Another thing before I end the call, I don't know if you've heard Matt, Dakota Kai tweeted out um, LLT. She basically said, it's this I smell war and I'm game. And people are saying they might be taking war games, NXT war games on the main roster, meaning like her Bailey and EO versus uh, Oscar, Alexa Bliss, and Bianca Belair. I think that would be awesome. And my dream is almost up. So let me know what you think about that tease. Do you think they're teasing war games on the main roster? Anyway, uh, that's it. Thanks. And I'll talk to you all next week. Hey, Kyle. So do I think they're teasing war games? It's a strong possibility. If Vince were still in charge, the answer would be hell no. But now that Triple H is there and Stephanie's co-CEO, uh, that's a strong possibility. I, it's hard for me to say. She knows what she's doing. I don't. I hate to give you a cop-out answer, but I believe that there's going to be much more integration with NXT and the main roster. And that could mean bringing war games. It could mean in a full-scale invasion. I'm not sure. He doesn't want to, and I wouldn't water down the brand of NXT, though. You still want it to feel like its own entity, but trying to elevate it to the level of Raw and SmackDown is a chore. But integrating talent from all rosters on all three shows would be fun. you know. And I think that that maybe is one of the long-term goals. Now, you had me thinking about one thing, and it made me sad because it made me come to a realization. While I have been pitching for Drew to beat Roman and then subsequently only be able to take one belt with him, the problem with that is if Drew, say Drew wins and then there's some loophole Paul Heyman finds that, okay, Roman's still universal, but 
the contract said WWE that this this actually was to to uh, split the belts and and all that. Well, Drew's also on SmackDown, no, and that would mean if he wins a championship, both championships are still on SmackDown. But Drew did say, if I become champion, I will be on every Raw, every SmackDown, every live event. So. I mean, if he's WWE champion, maybe they just say the hell with the draft rules as they've done for the last eight months and just have him float anyway. So they could do that. But that does concern me that both Drew and Roman are on the same show. You know, even if Drew wins, it's like, all right, well, SmackDown still only has one champion, right? And okay, he, you know, Drew said he's going to come to Raw and come to SmackDown and all that. The problem with that is it's overexposure. You need to be careful. It's uh, so many balancing acts, right? But thank you, Kyle, for your uh, input. And that does it for us tonight. And I realized in the last voicemail response, my voice sounded lower quality. I'm not going to explain how or why that happened. It'll bore you, but I'm aware of it. You're probably in the last response like, why does he sound like crap? I just recorded it incorrectly, and I didn't feel like re-recording my response. So that's it came down to pure laziness. Uh, so, yeah, I'm aware. I'm aware. But anyway... Thank you, everybody, for listening. I do appreciate it. Please consider going ad-free at patreon.com slash WWE podcast. $1 gets you in the door for everything ad-free. Shout-out on the show, priority placement in the mailbag, and Apple Podcasts, 99 cents a month. Subscribe, $10 for the entire year, or go to wwepodcast.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Take care, and I'll talk to you next time. All right, so the truth is no dude wants to be called Pam. But the truth is, most men have a PAM problem. The PAM problem, guys, you know what that is? It's the passive-aggressive man. Passive with his hopes, dreams, desires, maybe aggressive with vices, self-sabotage, distractions. They also struggle with women, work, and the world of men. PAM is passive with women, constantly friend-zoned. He's the nice guy that women keep around to help them move, check on their dogs, but never want to date. Pam is passed up at work, passed up for the promotion, and can't seem to catch a break. If you think you may have a Pam problem, or maybe you know someone that does, check out the High Value Man Conversation on Apple and Spotify and learn how to stop Pam and become a high value man. Learn more about the host, Aaron Alejandrino, on Instagram at TheFitBeard, all one word, but the podcast is called High Value Man Conversation. I checked it out on Apple Podcasts. It already has a five-star review. It's got some great episodes, including how to avoid that dreaded friend zone. Those of you guys out there, I'm very familiar with that friend zone over the years. I was lucky enough to finally get out of it, but that is going to be an excellent episode for the you guys out there that are stuck in that situation. You can also learn how to just make friends. I mean, just basic stuff, but critical, critical stuff as well. Check out the High Value Man Conversation. It's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You're not going to want to miss it. It'll add value to your life, guaranteed. Check it out today. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.